Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Welcome to another exciting edition of Training Unleashed. Today, we are very fortunate to have Tony Chapman with us. Tony is a recognized leader in human relationships. He helps people understand the fundamental differences of how people think, act, and this enables you to have real connections with others. Um, I am super happy to have Tony with us. He's an extremely in-demand person. Uh, He is a speaker. He is a trainer. And he sort of uses this theme of destroying dysfunction. So, Tony, let me just start off. And what in the world does it mean to to destroy dysfunction or destroying dysfunction? Sure. So, number one, thanks for having me on. In my world, most of my topics center around how people relate to each other, how they connect with each other, right? So leadership, team building, how people go through change, all of those different topics. My theory is we are naturally communal beings. We want to connect with one another. We want to relate to one another. And yet there are obstacles. There are these dysfunctions that keep us from doing what we naturally want to do. And if you can destroy those things, then you can create amazing connections and collaborations both inside and outside of the workplace. Cool. Can you share a story or something that kind of illustrates that point? Sure. Um, You know, gosh, you know, where do you start? So I have a number of my clients, they bring me in because number one, they're in reactive mode. Unfortunately, you think, hey, we're going to be proactive and have foresight and do all this stuff. Never heard turns out that way. So they'll bring me in and say, hey, we have uh, this manager or these managers or these teams, and they just cannot seem to function properly and blah, 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 blah. You get in and you realize the biggest issue is something as simple as, wow, there's a bunch of different personalities within the group. And they all actually want to work together but because they have different needs and different idiosyncrasies and different habits. And so I'll go in and I'm thinking of a very particular federal agency right now that I don't want to name, but (laughs) I gone in, we did a quick personality test. We talked about the strengths and weaknesses of each group. And then we talked about different things that people do without thinking it. And it goes back to this conversation my wife and I had where we were just not getting along. And I know there's, I've heard this. I've heard that people who are married actually have arguments. I've never seen it, but I've I've heard (laughs) this happens. Um, But we just, we weren't connecting. And she looked at me and she said, you know, I'm not trying to frustrate you. And there was something about when she said that that just resonated. And and so, uh, you know, with this group in particular, I said, hey, let's talk about this. People aren't trying to be, hard to work with. They're not trying to do this. This is a function of how they're wired. And once we did that, not only did their relatability increase, but you could measurably see the difference in their productivity. And in the federal government, it's not as much as a bottom line, they're making profit. You see it in how much money they save, because it's kind of a backward thing with the federal government. They don't make money. But they could immediately see, wow, we're more 
efficient with the dollars that we've been given, and we can directly attribute it to the fact that we are now connecting on a more fundamental level. Hmm. It's very interesting. And, and, you know, when you say this, what first comes to my mind is, I, I think most people are in their kind of their own bubble, and they don't sit back and say, what's on the plate of the person talking to me? How busy are they? How, what pressures do they have? Or is there something happening at home? They have kids that are maybe sick. Or, you know, you, you never know. And you tend to, I think people tend to rush to judgment to, rather than to rush to curiosity. That's uh, a great way to put it. Absolutely. And so, you know, the people listening right now are, are training professionals and they're dealing with issues like you're describing now to help people connect better and communicate better. Maybe you can share some ideas that, that, could, that would resonate with our, with our listeners' advice that could help them at work and maybe help them at home. In terms of, I want to make sure I understand, in terms of how to connect better? or Yeah, how to, you know, if you're, if you're just, if you're, you know, you're a single person and you want to connect better to the world, you know, it's not, this isn't a speech to a group. This is like advice one-on-one to me. What do I do to connect better? What, how can I be a better listener, a better talker, more, more open, that type of thing? Okay. N- number one, I love the way you framed it, and that's uh, awesome. Number one, and, and you, you've kind of led towards this already, is you have to come in and assume that people have good intentions. And, and I, I say that that's, it sounds obvious, but what we do is we see someone's actions And then we fill in a narrative of intention behind those actions, right? I I think, Tony, that people don't generally rush to thinking someone has good intention. I think we're taught as kids, stranger danger. And, you know, watch out, you know, in business, you know, someone's there, they're there for themselves and that we don't lead that way. Okay. Um, No, and that's fair. I think you've got a great point there. So my thing is... Okay, I'm going to even back up. In the workplace, here's my thing. I think everybody wants to do a good job. We assume that people don't, but everybody really wants to do a good job. They, that's why they take their performance evaluation so personally, all these other things, they actually tie their identity into their performance. They want to do a good job. We unfortunately assume that they don't. It's whether it's stranger danger or we misinterpret their behaviors. So the first thing we have to do is say, okay, number one, I am not going to assume that just because someone has a behavior that's different than how I would do it, that they're bad. The second thing is related to that very thing. I cannot use myself as the standard. And that is one of the biggest things we do. We say everyone should be like us. Everyone should do everything like us. We are the standard. We are the bubble. And you see it in how we judge each other. You even see it in how we hire. We hire people that are just like us, even though, that may not be what's best for the job. If you are a data-oriented, introverted person, that may be great, but it may not be what's best for marketing or sales. But we're more likely to connect with them and hire that person instead of saying, what is best for our situation? So we've got to stop using ourselves then as the barometer. Then third, just get to know people. And it sounds goofy to say this. I hate making it sound so simple, but I have gotten to know people and it's brought me into their world and has made me rethink why they do everything. And it's forced me to become empathetic where previously I was judgmental. 
And those three simple things can do wonders for how people work with one another and just how people live with one another in life. Yeah, I totally agree. Those are, those are great pieces of advice. And, and, I, and I think that connection when people get to know each other, you know, you, who do you do favors for, strangers or friends? Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I've actually gone out of my way to build a friend group that's very different than I am. Different age-wise, race-wise, gender-wise, orientation-wise, and religious, religiously, and all these other areas, just so that I can have a more expanded view of the world and become more empathetic in my dealing with people. Yeah. So I was looking... I'm going to ask you a question. You're probably going to hate it. I was looking at your website and you have all these great training programs. Mm -hmm. Which one's your favorite? Gosh, that's hard. It would. It's like I'm choosing a baby. Which one? Which of your kids do you love more? <laughs> I am going to say oh, it's close, but I'm going to go with unconscious bias. I absolutely love it. And I love it because it is a way to open people's eyes. And you know, here's the problem. Diversity training has been around for years, and it's always sucked. Yeah. It really has been horrible. What happens is people go into a room. They're told for three hours, you're not diverse, so you're evil, and you're horrible, and you're wicked people. And then they walk out feeling bad, but no, less mo no more motivated to change. I hate it. And it doesn't even deal with the real issue, right? I'd say the other problem with it is it tells you what not to do, but not what to do. To do, exactly. So dealing with people's blind spots and taking the stigma out of it and helping people understand having a true unconscious bias is in no way a measure of whether you're a good or bad person. And then to start really having that conversation and you literally watch people transform in the middle of the workshop. It's, it's, you see the light bulbs going out, you see their own self-discovery, you see their journey, and you, the, the coolest thing is, the number one piece of feedback that I've gotten on the class, and this happens every single training session, is I wish it was longer. And <laughs> you just don't get that in most things, right? But no. it's, I wish it was longer, I wish we had more time, can we bring him back and do more? And that's, to me, that's like the greatest thing you could say. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. Well, I, I do, you know, I think you're really on to this whole point of creating real connection. Mm -hmm. um, I really think that that's incredibly valuable. And I think a lot of dysfunction is, is around the fact that people aren't connected and people are all kind of have their own agendas and they're not necessarily aligned. Mm -hmm. um, so let me take this question, you know, a little up. Okay. okay, so I, I run a training department, and I want to instill this philosophy within the company of, you know, caring about each other, leading, leading from a, you know, a point of view that there's trust, that, you know, getting to know people, etc. What would I do? How would I go about it? 
Oh, if you want to change the culture, start at the top. Yeah. And I would do a building a healthy work environment workshop with the top leaders. And we would talk about our different personalities. We'd talk about our different strengths. We'd talk about trust. And then we would talk about the business case for the stuff that is not just some touchy-feely, let's go sing kumbaya stuff, but this has a dramatic impact on the bottom line. And what you will find is, number one, there's incredible dysfunction at the top level. It just, it is. It's always, you know, people think, gosh, I'm so tired of dealing with all these crazy people. I can't wait to get promoted. Then I'll get away from them. No, you're going to get promoted and you're going to be around crazier people (laughs) who have more power and it's going to be much, much worse. Trust me. Okay. But I would get that kind of buy-in and we've done this with organizations and it's been amazing. And then I'd say, we're going to start from the top. First, we're going to start off with just some general diversity personality type workshop, right? And we're going to do that in the framed under the idea of here's how we're going to build a, a better culture. Okay. And I would let that disseminate down. And then I would show things like inclusion, generational diversity, all the other, th- other things. They're just different facets of, of this idea of building this include, you know, this positive culture and the things about dealing with different personalities are the exact same things about dealing with different generations and the exact same things about different dealing with different, you know, races and genders and all of these things. And there's so many similarities and I would let that really drift down. But then I'd go back and say, okay, now we've done that, but we're going to have to fix how we communicate with one another as well, because we assume people are good communicators and they're not. And even the most basic communication workshops have a dramatic impact on how people deal with one another. But you have to create the empathy first. So, you know, starting at the top, hit culture, probably from a personality standpoint, let that grow into, and it depends on, you know, your organization, but grow into definitely inclusion, starting with unconscious bias, dealing with uh, some type of you know, generational issue because that's huge right now. And then dealing with communication. And then after you do all that, then I would start working on leadership training because then it's going to be the leaders who are going to determine whether that culture sticks, what they accept, what they don't accept. And not just the top leaders, but the frontline leaders, the people who really are the face of the organization to most of your people. I think that's great advice. Thank you. Because it's, it's got to start at the top. I think you make an excellent point. You know, you mentioned something about ROI, you know, a real return. Do you have any examples of how people take this, which a lot of people have a hard time putting their hands around and, you know, some examples of how this has made such a difference? Sure. One example, and, you know, the hard part is you rarely get to measure this in a vacuum, right? So we're dealing with quote unquote, soft skills. And you often you're changing multiple things at one time. So it's hard to attribute something to just this, but here's what happened. So I had a client call me within the last few months and say, we want to do customer service training. Now, if you look at my website, customer service training is not there anywhere. I've done a few very specific workshops for very specific clients that I've worked with for a long time. So as we started talking, I said, well, how'd you hear about me? Well, you were referred by this other agency. Great. As we're starting to have our first debrief call or our first briefing call to prepare for it, the CFO said, well, I actually work with 
the CE, CFO of the other organization. And we work, our people work together on a weekly, if not daily basis. And I, was, I ran into her at a conference and I said, I almost said her name, sorry. Uh, and I said, what happened to your people? They are so different. I can't even believe, like working with them is so different now than it was a year ago. And her response was, well, we hired Tony Chapman to come in and do customer service training. So, you know, from there, you try to figure out if that's what happened with that internal customer, how does it play out with all of these other external customers, right? That's really where it comes out. Other ROIs I've seen dramatically uh, impacted are turnover. Yep. Um, Especially in the federal government, you have to deal with a lot of EEO complaints in lawsuits. And we've been able to measure, you know, 30 and 40% drops in lawsuits and complaints based on uh, inclusion training. And it was inclusion training, not, you know, legal training. That's, I think that was really critical. We dealt with the heart, not just, you know, the legalities of what is harassment, what's not harassment. Um, And then with specific groups, if we've been able to go in and, and I say we, because I do have a team, We've been able to go in and do enough leadership training with an entire work group, then we can actually see that group's productivity increase. So there is a, a functional ROI, a re- something really tangible yeah. that does occur if you do the training right. Well, Tony, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Unfortunately, it's going to come to an end, but I always end with that one last question, okay. which is what one tip for our audience? If you had to give them one tip, what would that one tip be? One tip, boy, gosh, how do you go down to one? Um, I'm going to say teach about 20% of what you know. And with that, here's what that means. Number one, know the subject so well that you're not teaching everything you know. You've got to be able to answer questions that you didn't predict. But number two, realize your audience, they're not a group of subject matter experts. And so often we come in expecting them to be at an eighth grade level and they're really only at a second grade level and they're not going to say in the middle, hey, I totally don't understand that. They're just going to kind of get lost in the shuffle. So, you know, learn the subject well enough that you're only teaching a small fraction of what you actually know. It's great advice. Thank you. Very, very good advice. Tony, it's been a real pleasure to have you on our show. Uh, I, you know, people, I can see him. You guys can't. This guy is a dynamic speaker. I mean, he's speaking just to me, but to watch his body movement is amazing. (laughs) Tony, tell everyone what your website is. Okay, my website is www.tonychatman, and it's C-H-A-T as in Tom, M-A-N, dot com. So, tonychatman.com. And if I go there, what am I going to find? When you go to my website, you're going to, number one, you're going to see my beautiful face, which is so important. But far more important than that you're going to see listings of different keynotes that I have as well as trainings. You'll see video samples. You'll actually see a 20-minute video of me teaching an unconscious bias. So it gives you a great idea of what I do. You also will see a full uh, one-hour program on me teaching how to lead people through change. And so you'll get a a great overall view of what I do. You'll get um, uh, a link to my book, which is called The Force Multiplier, How to Lead Teams Where Everyone Wins, which has become 
part of the master's and doctorate in education program at Morgan State University. So it's really about practically helping people and just a ton of information. Uh, but more importantly, you'll be able to get in contact with, with me very easily. I'm very responsive, love to answer questions, love to be an asset for those who are trying to be better at their craft. That's fantastic. So if I hear you correctly, you can go to your website and actually learn something. That's the goal. A 20-minute presentation, and an hour-long presentation, and there's no cost. Exactly. And, which is cool. Which is cool. So again, thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.